Welcome to the Post-Christian Podcast. My name is Eric Bryant. I'm one of the executive pastors at Gateway in Austin, Texas. My foundation exists to equip and empower church leaders in reaching new people and raising up leaders. I'm the author of Not Like Me and Fruitful, Becoming Who God Created You to Be. Join me on social media for Through the New Testament for Skeptics and Seekers. And be sure to sign up for my email newsletter where you can receive free resources at ericbryant.org. Today, I'm excited to have on the Post-Christian Podcast, a new friend of mine, Jaya Senkar. How are you doing, Jaya? Doing great. Well, I had such an amazing time getting to see Impact India 360 in person. Uh, Being there for a couple weeks in January was just a real gift. It's an amazing experience to see from womb to tomb, uh, from cradle to grave. Talk a little bit about what you do with CEM. Uh, Thank you, Eric, for this opportunity to share CEM ministry with you and the audience who who may ever watching this episode. Christ Evangelical Mission is originated by the vision what God has given to me. So, it is a holistic ministry from birth to death. That's, a, that's what I feel that. What is a human life? A span between birth to death is called human life. That, that's what humans live on this earth. So we are touching each phase of life situation through CEO ministry with the love of Jesus. So I think you have visited, you, through your visit, we have noticed that hospital start first, where childbirth takes place. Then main campus comes in the middle. There you can see children, education, empty students training, women, bivocational training, everything, and the church ministry, all things going on. The lastly, the other side is elderly people who are abandoned by their families, children, and I do not want to die them on, uh, on the trees and the roads. I want to see them to die with peace and dignity. Yeah. Well, and it's amazing. I mean, uh, to be a part of a church here in Austin, that was a, a small part of your ministry, helping build the hospital, but then to see the babies that are being born there, some of these moms without insurance, and then to visit with some of the senior adults who just could not have been sweeter and kinder, and knowing that there isn't a a system in place to take care of them. It's you. It's the ministry. It's people of faith. And I think that's one of the things I really learned a lot from you uh, it's just this, there's no disconnection between the spiritual and the physical. If we're not meeting physical needs as Jesus did, we can't have the spiritual conversations. If you don't mind, Jaya, I love the story about how you found faith. Do you mind sharing briefly about that miraculous experience? No, certainly uh, I was born and brought up in a Hindu family, strong Hindu rituals, everything. And I had a 
great respect and devotion. I'm a devotee of my favorite Hindu gods, taught by the parents. And it, it takes it's a, three major things happened in my life. That is, one is when I was 12 years old, uh, it's a great festival came. That time we were told that we offer foods to the idols and worship them. Then my grandfather told me that all the family members, this is time to give private time to the gods. We have to go out the out of the house. Then gods come and they taste the food what we offered them. I was 12 years old. I was very much curious to see how gods look like, which God will come. So instead of going outside of the house, I hid myself in the house to see the appearance of gods. My family members, everyone went out. I was alone in the worship room, a prayer room can say. I was curiously and uh, anxiously waiting for the appearance of the gods. Almost an hour gone, no god has appeared. But to my surprise, rats came and were eating the food which we offered to the gods. That's really disappointed me very much. Things like that. After some time, my family members came into house. They saw the food was gone. They thought that gods ate the food. So they started praising, worshiping, and shouting. Gods visited our, our house. But I was the only eyewitness what was taking place there. I went, I told my grandfather, grandpa, grandpa, Gods did not eat the food. Rat ate food, I told him. He became very angry and he shouted and me, spanked me, you foolish, stupid, stubborn fellow. Gods had much favor upon our family because if you see God, you will become blind. Therefore, Gods in the form of rats to eat food to save you from blindness. A story told me by my grandfather. But that did not satisfy me because I hate rats. I don't know, do you like rats? No. <laughs> so that, that really disturbed me and I asked questions why he why gods came in the form of rats? They could have come different form, diff, different image, but they did not give right answers. That is the first incident of several incidents. There's a major event to know who God is. From that time onwards, I focus on reading my Hindu scriptures to find out which God is through my favorite gods. We had many gods in our worship room. And finally, I read a palm leaf book, a commentary on Hindu Vedas, 
and uh, the story goes about the god of light this god of light will come into the world in the human form and he shed his blood for the remission of sins so that's the story goes on uh, oh it is so interesting so which god shed his blood for the remission of sins i started examining all gods but i did not find any gods fulfill that uh, scripture so finally i went to temple high priest i wanted to know more, more about hindu this god of light he told me it's very difficult and he tried to discourage me a lot but i keep on going and pressing him requesting him finally he told me okay i will teach you one chant mantra you go to river early in the morning and stand in the river water comes onto your shoulders and recite the mantra of chanting thousand times like 100 days that's very terrible around 3 o'clock i used to go to the river in the early morning standing in the river till the water comes to the neck and chanting it was terrible terrible experience you know the time sometime leeches suck my blood lot of mm-hmm. things very physically it was unbearable condition but somehow god help me i don't know which god that time but i believe jesus now <laughs> and i completed 100 days chanting this course meditation course on 101st day i was greatly anxiously looking for appearance of god of light but he did not appear to me then i said i disappointed very much i went to temple high priest and i asked him hey guruji god did not appear to me what's what was wrong then he closed his eyes a moment and slowly he told me hey jaya you have had a very bad karma in your previous life that was the reason he did not appear you by taking this transcendental meditation course you or oh, your bad karma gone he will appear you soon don't worry keep on pressing he told me but that answer did not satisfy me after taking this very difficult uh, course in my life and this going on one hindu said visited my house and i shared my desire with him hey i want to see the god of light do you know anyone saw the god of light and is there anyone to help me to find him he told yes i know the other side of the country there is a one hindu guruji saint is there he certainly will help you so go with me that place he asked me i was very much encouraged at least there is one person certainly help me to see the god of light and that time i without telling in my house i robbed some my money and i traveled along with him we traveled on the train uh, while we are traveling on the train night 
this holy man he took all my belongings and my money everything and he deserted me ran away when morning i saw i did not find him and the ticket collector came asking me ticket i didn't have ticket with me the ticket was with the holy man i was helpless ticketless traveling is crime so he wanted me to put in jail but somehow he convinced okay next station get out from this train do not travel further and the next station came he kicked me off from the train so it was very terrible experience terrible day and i was thinking what is the purpose of human life whether a rich man or poor man every morning we get up eat something go to work evening come to home eat something sleep again next day morning we get up eat something go to work night come to home eat something sleep again morning get up eat go work and so eventually one day man has to die so what is the true purpose and meaning of this life whether a rich man or poor man has to die one day why should i wait till till the death comes to me let me die today thus i took a decision so because uh, i i was nothing in my hand a very was a hunger thirsty discouragement depression it's a lot of pain in my mind it i was i'm not able to explain in my limited english vocabulary that pain was what was i experienced yeah. those days mm. and that night i went to railway tracks and i laid down on the track just i simply prayed like this oh god of light i believe that you are existed no i do not know whether you existed or not so i this life idea i am not able to see you but i am dying if there is a life after this death human life if there is a life after death certainly i may see you mm. so help me that's what i was thinking is kind of prayer in my mind so i laid down on the tracks waiting for the train to come and uh, i was hearing one side the train whistle coming near to me i closed my eyes and a great light hit on me and i was not able to open my eyes and i heard a voice that i am the god of light whom you are seek- seeking my name is jesus i heard the words mm. and when i woke up i saw i was not on the train track i am other side of the train track <laughs> that's a really that's a that's a miraculously i heard that name and when i came back to my home cut shirt my grandfather i i i told them but they shouted at me no 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 Jesus is God of untouchables, not us. Mm. But that did not make me happy because I had the experience. That so, when I went to college, there I got some Christian friends, and 
started reading the Bible, having their fellowship, understood Jesus Christ is the true God. But I have a dual life. When I was in the college, I was a Christian boy. When I when I was in the house, I was a good Hindu boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a That's- remarkable story. It's amazing how, to me, I've ever since I first heard that story, I've always pointed towards you as an example of how, you know, if you've ever wondered, what about the people who've never heard? Well, God is still pursuing them, you know, and, and you'd heard of yes. Jesus. And and that's part of why I wanted to talk to you today, because even though India is not a post-Christian country, it's still pre-Christian, it's post-colonial. And yes. so one of the things I learned while I was there with you and that you taught me along with the others is some of the damage that Christianity has done in the country of India because of colonialism. What yes. helped you separate the two? What helped your faith become real to you and be able to look past colonialism or see colonialism for what it really was? Yeah, there are so many cultural differences are there. When colonialism was there, Indians used to think all British people are Christians. Of course not. Right. But there are some eating habits. See, for example, British people, they used to eat beef. That's, well, I'm not judging them. That's a country habit. But India, cow is a holy animal to them. So eating beef is an abomination to Hindus. Okay. Those kind of some culture issues really brought a big gap not to meet with Christianity, Hindus. But here, most of the Hindus, I think 100% of Hindus believe that Jesus is God among many other gods. They do not deny Jesus. They accept Jesus as God equivalent with other gods. So our challenge is to show that Jesus is the only God. That's our challenge. We have a devotion, we have a trust in God, faith in God, whether it's a blind faith, wrong faith, that's different. But people believe God in here. But thing is, we have to show them Jesus Christ is true God. That how can we show them? So we have to follow Jesus' teachings in action. What I learned from Bible according to my understanding, Jesus taught us three fold teachings: feeding, healing, and teaching. That's what Jesus did throughout his ministry. He fed the hungry. He fed the people. So that's the reason we started orphanage with the vision, James 127, you know that. And the feeding the orphans, feeding the elderly people, and helping whatever may be, physical needs. So that's, see where the other communities, other people did not show the real interest. 
but compassion. That's the one. Hey, why are you doing this? Where uh, when other not caring people, you are taking care because Jesus taught us. We are here to take care of our fellow people in their what is called misery or desperation, whatever in the need. And second thing is healing. Those days Jesus healed many people through his power, divine power. But in modern age, the medical ministry is available, God has given. So that was the, we started medical ministry, the hospital building is a facility of medical ministry. So there we are taking care of the medical issues of the people, childbirth or maternity. And thing is, one, one thing, Brother Rick, every person listen about Jesus in the hospital only, not in any area. <laughs> he, he never listen in the office, business, home. Oh, but in hospital, because they are in need, physical trouble, illness, some sickness. So they eagerly listen about Jesus. They never say no. So that is a wonderful opportunity. Medical ministry is giving us and a wonderful opportunity to pray for the people, to share Jesus. We are not forcing them, just throwing light upon them. So it is a hospital ministry is a, making a bridge between Christians and Hindus. I mean, non-Christians. And we go for teaching ministry. Thus, we have several teaching ministries. We have a school. We bring up oh, children with good education. We have a secular school, James Daya English Medium School. There also we do, we are not only giving the education, but also we teach them Christian moral values. Here, we have orphanage. Orphanage kids go to the school. At the same time, children from the community, they also come to the school. In the children, here in my strategy is not preaching directly, but children make impact on children. Because children experience God's love in Grace Children's Home. They are the witness to the children that come from the community. Also, the children from the community who come, they live in campus morning to evening, and they see, they observe what's happening, what is taking place in CM campus. So when we sow seeds in the childhood, I believe that when the children grown up, that seed will grow up and become trace. Here are two things. When children grown up, he may become a believer, one option. Second thing, if he may not become a believer or follower of Jesus Christ, at least he may not become an enemy of Christianity. <laughs> That's true. I tell yes. you. <clears throat> That's right. Spending the time with those children was obviously one of our highlights. I mean, we just enjoyed the kids. Uh, if I remember right, they're ages 8 to 18. <clears throat> There's about 
130 that live on campus, another 80 or so that come from the neighborhood. And these children, I mean, whether teenagers or, or elementary age, just could not have been sweeter to us, could not have been kinder to us. And they get up at 5.30 in the morning, uh, they do studies, uh, and then at 6 a.m., they're walking around the courtyard singing songs to Jesus. And then at 6.30, we're doing chapel. I mean, it was remarkable. You've just done an amazing job with these kids. And also, we have a missionary training school where we train young people for the ministry in all areas, maybe church planters, maybe lead a church a pastor, or at least a Sunday school teacher, whatever the area, to help these people uh, to to help them local church ministry too. That's one of the aspects of the missionary training school. Also, we have a bivocational course we call Swing Training School. And we, the two things, we open doors for the widows, abandoned women, and who live marginalized and common people. They come to the training school and they learn sewing skills in the campus. It's a one-year program. While they spend time in one year, the program starts with a small chapel service at 15 minutes, ends with a small chapel service 15 minutes. In that way, we share the stories, tell the Bible stories about Jesus. We never tell them, we never compel them to convert, but sharing the stories of Jesus, what we are doing. So here, by listening, faith comes. So when the people come listening, also seizing, seizing by their eyes what is happening in the same campus. Yeah. So most of them, they become believers. Mm-hmm. By the time they complete the course, mm-hmm. at the end of course, we bless them with a sewing machine, mm-hmm. so that so that they go back their homes, they start earning money by sewing skills, and feed the, help their families to sustain. That's yeah. one of the wonderful ministry, yes, helping yes. the poor women in the community, and they are our witnesses, public mouths. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's been so many lives blessed, encouraged, touched, healed uh, through yes. what you're doing that it is remarkable. I mean, as as a partnering church here in Austin, I just came back so proud that we are a small part of what you're doing. I just was amazed, even in the conversations we had with all these pastors that that you are training, just their devotion. I mean, I I've, I think I told you even when I was there, it felt like what it must have felt like to be in the book of Acts, you know, as some of them were going out and trying to convince people who believed in many gods that there's one God, one true God named Jesus, and you do it so faithfully, so lovingly. What are some of the other things do you think that the Western church could learn from the vibrant and uh, potent uh, version of the healthy church that you're a part of in India? Yeah, both ways we can learn lessons from Western Church. And maybe Western Church may learn from the Eastern Church, whatever it may be, both, vice versa. We learn from one another, we increase by one another. We have 
strong points are also weak points in the culturally. The culture, because culture makes difference, lot of things. It does. Yeah, I think that was the other thing. You were really helpful in understanding the culture. I mean, one of the favorite nights was getting to be a part of the prayer meeting, which brought in people from different denominations of churches, and yet there was this unity. We were all in this alley, maybe 200 of us, and I just thought the unity was just so beautiful, and the warmth and the kindness, the hospitality. I mean, even your family just welcoming us into your home and and so many delicious meals. Um, I, the Lakshmi chips, <laughs> my favorite. But we just had such an amazing time. Jaya, I'm just so grateful for you. For those interested in finding out more and even how to get involved financially or even jumping in and serving with them, impactindia360.org. Thank you so much for taking time with us today. Continue the great work. Thank you, Eric. See. My desire and prayer is to have a long-term relationship with the Gateway Church. And I expect not only financial support, but also your personal participation participation in the ministry. We need people like you come and visit, encourage our people, teach our people training. Training is very important here. So in that way, not only giving, but also personal participation in the ministry. It was a gift, a trip of a lifetime. I look forward to doing it again. Thank you so much, Jaya. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on the Post-Christian Podcast. More resources available at ericbryant.org.